You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is Sports Day. For Kia, the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's large SUV, available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Just like a cool change, this is the summer edition of Sports Day SA on Cruise 1323 and 1629. SENSA, you'll hear Sports Day every weeknight from 6pm with me, Paul Bonzer, and alongside me, my uh, normal partner in crime, Dan Menzel from the Eagles. Uh, Mate, how are you? I'm good, Bonds. We needed that cool change, didn't we? Yes. It's been an extremely hot week, and uh, there'd be plenty of people out there that'd be happy for a much cooler weekend coming. Yes, I'm sure there was some people who didn't quite sleep comfortably last night, unless you had uh, full-on air conditioning in, yep. the, in your home. But uh, another big show tonight. Mate, we got a lot on. Um, AFL's almost started. Match sims are going, or practice games, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the women's T20, the Aussies are through to the final. We'll talk about that. Uh, Friday forecast time, so um, we'll have those as well. Adelaide United play the victory in Melbourne. We'll talk about that. Got a special guest from WA. Seeing the trial games are over there. Crows and Frio are playing at the moment, and uh, Port and West Coast play later. Uh, Mark Duffield from SENWA will join us later in the show. And obviously, we'll have your text and your calls and you can text in on 0427 154 or call us 1300 736 736. So it's great to have the footy back. The Crows are underway now. They are seven minutes into the first quarter here against Fremantle. Over there in uh, Frio, and Frio 2 one thirteen to the Crows yet to score. So uh, an early st- fast start out the blocks for the Dockers, and we'll uh, we'll keep you updated throughout the show, Bonds, on the uh, on the scores here with the Crows and the Dockers. Let's get into the hot topic. Thanks to Char Time, the home of freshly brewed tea. Thirsty at Char Time? Explore our ready-made signature drink range inspired by Char Time fan faves. Sports Day SA. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. All of a sudden, men's it's busy, busy, busy footy time. And we had a couple of uh, practice games yesterday. The Bombers took on the Suns up there in the Gold Coast. Yeah, they did. The uh, The Bombers just got the chocolates there. Uh, a name I want to mention mm-hmm. looked very good yesterday for the Bombers and is a smoky play around one, Jai Menzi. So... Played in the state team last year. He came out of the start of the year last year for South Adelaide. No one knew who he was. He came from Tasmania. Kicked six in round one, and I think he kicked another four in round two. And uh, got picked up in the mid-season draft to the Bombers. Played a couple of games late in the season. Was very good for them yesterday. So uh, he's one to watch out for. He led South Adelaide's goal kicking until the final round when Garth White kicked three and overtook him. So... He could have been there for half a season and won their goal kicking. Uh, Geelong took on uh, the Hawks, and we'll just gloss over that because my Hawks got thumped. Yeah, they did. Uh, look, Hawthorne didn't look great. Geelong looked really good, but I yes. think Hawthorne was equally as bad. Um, I've picked the Hawks to win the spoon this year, and after seeing uh, what they dished up yesterday, I don't think uh, I'll be changing that anytime soon. 
The Cats, uh, they keep rolling. They've got uh, most of their big names are in there at the moment uh, and they're back and they look really good. Tyson Stengel looked really good again. Scary good. A nice goal from the pocket. That's just what Prez does. So, um, yeah, the Cats, uh, they're always hard to beat down at GMHBA, but, uh, yeah, they looked really good again yesterday. North played Richmond this morning at Arden Street, 10 o'clock start, and that was a close game, only two-point win to the Tigers. Yeah, two-point win to the Tigers. Obviously, Taranto and Hopper, a couple of names in there that was good to see have a run around. The Kangaroos will be happy with that. Clarko's got to be wrapped with that. That they, although it is just matched him, they're in the game. They, they've been able to go up against a pretty quality side. Richmond has some good players playing today, so um, to be able to come within two points of them, it's a tick uh, straight up for the Kangaroos. And Harry Sheasel uh, kicked three. He looked, uh, yeah, he looked very good too for yes. North. Um, Carlton played Collingwood at Icon Park again. Another close game. Nice hit out for both teams. Yeah, it is, and so yeah, we'll uh, we'll get a few more of those stats and go through in depth on that one um, and see which names uh, actually took the field and played well. But um, yeah, I think that uh, Carlton and Vossi will have them up and about after last year, missing out on finals. Um, I think they'll be poised for a big year. Speaking of Carlton, we've got Tom on the line. He wants to speak about the Blues. Tom, welcome to the Summer Edition yeah. of Sports ASA. Yeah, how you going, guys? Very well. Yeah, um. Yeah, I'm pretty confident we're out, but the concern with Carlton got with the um, well, Andrew Russell's been there for a while, but it's not just me. It's a few other constables done. Yeah, collisions happen. That's better. But the problem with Carlton, we get a lot of these back stress fractures, and he's been there for a while. And I think I think Carlton fans, not just me, are starting to ask questions. Yeah, like. I know I can't get everything put, but it seems to be a growing list. But I was saying to my brother, if March Bank and McGovern stay in field, we have a good run. We we got the list, but the problem is the stress back problem. I don't know what's going on. And the other concern, going on, I'm pretty confident we got the more the longer Tom DeCone doesn't sign, I'm a bit. Worry about that one too. Yeah, I don't think you need to worry about that, Tom. But, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. You're saying go at uh, Andrew Russell in regards to keeping players fit on the ground there. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's a bit of a luck of the draw, isn't it, Mance? No, it is. And it depends on who it is and the injury history and whatnot. But um, it makes good points around uh, McGovern's important for them if yes. he can get himself right. March Bang adds that depth for them as well. So I think uh, Carlton's spine is actually pretty good when you look at it with Wheatering. Uh, McGovern, he's, if he's there, you've got Cripps in the middle and then you've got Mackay and Kernow. So it's, very good. it's a very good spine. It's uh, it's those role players around that, yeah, need to stay fit and healthy, need to stay in the park. And I think they will this year and, and they'll be able to launch from there. Um, obviously, Zach Williams is one who's gone down early, which is not, not ideal for them. But uh, I think they've got some good players they can cover. Thanks for being part of the show, Tom. You can call in as well, one 736 736 Have your say or give us a text, 0427 one five four one double six. Sydney played Brisbane. Uh, Brisbane had a reasonably decent win in Sydney. Yeah, they did. It was at Moore Park there, so just outside the SCG. Uh, a good hit out. Sydney. Um, they had some uh, some of the better players were playing, and Brisbane to get up there effectively by forty five points. I think a lot of people are high on the lines this year, Bonds and. They've uh, certainly put a statement out there in game one against the Swans, the grand finals from last year. So they are on a roll, Brisbane. They'll be good to watch again next week. Uh, I think they're going to be primed and ready to go. St Kilda and Melbourne played as well. In fact, they're still playing, I think. It's yes. a game still going on. 
Uh, that'll be followed by West Coast and Port. And as we mentioned, Frio and Adelaide just playing. And Darcy Fogarty's lining up for his first shot at goal. 31 goals in the final 12 games of last season. Really looked like he'd take that next step. Let's bring it live while he kicks a point. Is... Oh, see, that was that was Sam's fault. He pulled up the audio, made him miss. Um, <laughs> so Frio off to a fast start. 3-1-19 yes. to the Crows. That was their first uh, score that they registered in just the behind. So... Frito uh, having it all their way at the moment, dictating play. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what the Crows can do here, just yeah. to stem the flow a little bit. And we'll keep updating you with the score. They're getting the hands on their footy a little bit now, the Crows. Uh, 3 3 1 to 1 behind. In, uh, what have we gone about? Eight minutes in the first quarter or period, whatever you prefer. I'm not, I'm not sure if I like the term period when we're talking footy. No, I don't care. you can play seven quarters. Why can't you play seven quarters? Yeah, not for AFL. Periods yeah. uh, not not part of the lingo for AFL. It's definitely in other sports, um, NHL, ice hockey. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, no. six quarters. That's yeah. one and a half. One and a half games. Yeah. I, I don't see anything wrong with that. Uh, let's talk cricket. Uh, the Aussie women uh, through to the T Twenty final. Uh, they defeated India in a very close game, and uh, we got some audio from Jess Johnson about the win. Yeah, Lisa Healy sort of brought us together and was saying there's a few people may have thought that we coasted through the group stage in the World Cup, but today's effort sort of proved that we could get the job done whatever way. That, yeah, obviously we had our backs against the wall. We were down and out for a large part of that bowling innings, but to come through at the end with the result in our favour just showed the resilience of our group and the belief that's within and that goes a really long way obviously we've had some real blockbusters against this Indian side and today was no different so yeah really thankful to come out on top again. Aussies batted first they made four for 172 Lisa Healy 25 Mooney 54 Lanning 49 all the regular names Ash Gardner 31 and then they restricted India to Eight for hundred and uh, sorry, eight for hundred and sixty-seven. Yeah, so to win by five runs. Now I caught the start of this bonds. It started at eleven thirty last night here in Adelaide, uh, and so your top four. When your top four in Healy twenty-five, Mooney fifty-four, Lanning forty-nine, and Gardner thirty-one, they were absolutely cruising. Meg Lanning got dropped a couple of times as well early in her innings, which were really poor catches. One actually got bobbled over uh, over the boundary line as well for a six, which was not good fielding from the Indians. So you just felt, you're like, okay, Australia's going to keep marching here. They put on a good score. Um, they had India on the ropes early, but um, Kaur made 52 from 34 and Rodriguez 43 from 24. It got to a stage where it looked like India was potentially on top with only an over or two to go. Um, at least Perry, some elite fielding on the boundary. Yes. I'm not sure if you've seen it, yeah, but – um, it's definitely saved some runs, which helped him get over the line in the end. So uh, I do feel like, yep, they were cruising throughout the uh, group stage. So this is the game they sort of needed just to make sure that they're all sharp. They got over the line. I think um, I think England will potentially beat South Africa, the host tonight, but I think we'll be fine when it comes to the final. Yeah, so through to the final. And as men said, England plays South Africa tonight to see who takes on the Aussies. Um I want to play this for you, Benz, and I want to ask you about it after. This is David Warner. I scored 200 a couple of weeks ago, so uh, I'm not in a rut. Do you feel uh, the pressure? No, I don't. Easy pickings when you're 36 going 37, so uh, I've seen it before with all the ex-players as well. So you're still circling the ashes? Oh, 100%, yeah. If I'm taking pressure off the rest of the other guys and no one's worrying about the rest of the team, I'm happy to do that. If the selectors feel that I'm you know, not worthy of my spot, then so be it, and uh, I can push on to the white ball stuff. 
So he got stopped and asked about his form and asked about whether he's going to play on and all those type of questions. I want to ask you, yes. is that a man who feels confident about his position or is it a man trying to do some media speak and deflect things? Yeah, uh, he was rather defensive in that, wasn't he? He uh, he said, no, I do not feel the pressure. And then he said, I made uh, 200 only a couple of weeks ago. It was a couple of months ago. And uh, I think if you're happy or comfortable with how you're going, you probably call it as is and say, look, I've been batting well in the nets. I've, I've just been out to a couple of good deliveries. Uh, that's not the pathway he went down. He went down the defensive side of, no, I've made runs, um, so I should be fine. I'm not in the right. Don't say that I am. Um, so, look, he is feeling the pressure, plain and simple. Uh, he's not batting well at the moment, and uh, and it is starting to get to him is what I would say, Bonds. I agree with you. That was uh, quite defensive. Uh, grab your mates and take the Zen Energy Grand Slam Cycling Challenge. Registrations are now open. Coming up on the show, we've got our Friday forecast. Adelaide United update, and later in the show, Mark Duffield from SENWA. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia, the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's large SUV, available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports Day SA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Paul Bonzer with you alongside Dan Menzel, Premiership player with the Eagles. And we're just keeping the chairs warm here in the studio for David Wildey and Malcolm Blight, who will be back in a couple of weeks' time. I think we've got 10 shows left after tonight, Menz, and then uh, the big boys are back to take you all the way through the winter and the footy season um, right here in your same spot. Don't change the channel at all. Uh, time for our Friday forecast, thanks to Toolkit Depot. Your one-stop shop to get back on the tools. New year means new gear at Toolkit Depot. All right, uh, we've got our sure thing, our most at stake, our doomsday, and you can be part of the show as well, 0427 154 166. That's the text line. And my sure thing first. I'll go first, Mens. Yes. Um, AFL fans will overreact about preseason games. Uh, yes, that is absolutely true. Um, they will say that, look, this team was no good or this team was very good or this team, this player should be in your fantasy, and then two weeks later you'll be like, what happened? For example, uh, Matthias Philippe kicked a goal from 50 and there was a tweet from Johnny Donahue who said, Matthias Philippe, outstanding, great stuff, something like that. Yeah, correct. Well, Ellie, so, all right, what, what's your sure thing? My sure thing, I found this one so easy, Bonds, is that the Australian women's cricket team will win the T20 World Cup on Sunday night. That's an absolute sure thing. I've got a sure thing too. Mine's maybe not quite as sure a thing as you. Um, no, oh, no, I'm, I'm doing my mistake now. Sorry, yes. sorry. It is Friday. It's been hot. Uh, the Scorpions <laughs> will break the drought and beat Tassie. Because they've got the most at stake. They yes. don't want to lose again. They've, yes. They haven't beaten them for a couple of seasons. So this would, this would be a must win for them. It's massive. You're right. In terms of that psychological battle, they're certainly up against it. So, yeah, I, I quite like that. It's, uh, I agree. It is most at stake. We've, uh, we've gone Australian women's cricket in the last yeah. couple. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go most at stake. I'm going to go slightly different tact here, Bonds. Um most at stake for mine is the drive to survive producers. So the F1 documentary comes out later tonight. It is season five. Season one was one of the best documentaries you'll ever Correct. see in terms of the access of a sport. 
It hasn't gone downhill, but they haven't been able to live up to that hype, I don't feel, because it was so good. So I think now that people have caught on to it, they've produced the full swing, the golf one, they've produced the break point, the tennis one. People are starting to really know what it's all about. I think uh, there'll be a lot of people tuning in tonight and over the weekend to watch Drive to Survive. Agree. Um, doomsday scenario, um, injuries to Ooh. big recruits. Yeah, That's my doomsday. Yeah, to big recruits. So, so for new example, players. So, for example, yep. over this two, the two games are on Port and Crows, Horn Francis goes down, mm. Rankin goes down. Yeah, that would uh, imagine that for Crows and Power fans if that happened. Doomsday. It, it really is. It's um, it's a great point. Uh, my doomsday example here, Bonds, is that I now I I want to preface this. I hope it doesn't happen. But the doomsday is that Cam Bancroft gets spotted with a foreign substance while he's over oh. in India. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to stay away from Bunnings, Cam. I really <laughs> hope that doesn't happen. But I thought, what is the biggest doomsday thing that can oh, happen? That's awesome. And I thought, he's just been flying over there. He's already going to be it. up against it. Please I just love get it. through. All right, time for Adelaide United update. Uh, before we do that, I can give you an update. Oh, it's quarter time in the trial game. And Frio, four goals, 327. Adelaide, three goals, 119. Pulled All back right. nicely there. Yeah, they did. All right, uh, the footy is here with... $40 family passes available to the Isuzu Ute A-League men's T's and C's apply. Sports Day SA. It's a beautiful day. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Now, men's Adelaide United take on victory in Melbourne this weekend and they've got a few outs. Yep. Uh, let's have a listen to the coach. You know, we have a... A squad for this reason, you know, to, for players to come in and, you know, we have a lot of exciting young players that, you know, this is where they get their opportunities um, because, you know, that's the way we're, we're set up mm. where a lot of our players um, that are waiting for opportunities to come in are, are young players. So it's a no better environment for young player to come into is than the, um, the big derby against um, Melbourne Victory. Yeah, and unfortunately, it's Pride Round this week in the A-League and Josh Cavello's not playing either. It's a tough one for Josh. He's been working hard all season and broke his way back into the first 11 last weekend and then get to get a, such a serious injury. It's a tough one to take. Credit to Josh. You know, he's worked extremely hard to put himself in a position where he could get back into the team. So it's a tough one for him. But Josh is a very positive person and he'll bounce back from this. He's had setbacks like this before. So he'll bounce back and get support him and make sure that he um, comes back better and stronger. Carl Viet there talking uh, about Adelaide United and uh, the injuries that they've got this weekend. Now, we did, when we spoke with Carl about a month ago now, touched on the rivalry with Melbourne Victory, and he, he didn't want to give too much away, but he did say it's more than any other team. And so it's always a big game, these games. Um, we are away this weekend. However, our form of late away from home has been really good. We had a 3-3 draw. We had a 3-2 win a fortnight ago, uh, last weekend at home, we were 4-4. So we've been very attacking. It's been great games to watch. A yes. lot of goals scored. So hopefully we'll see something similar on Sunday at 2.30 against the Melbourne Victory. Um, a few out, but we are in some good form and the team should be able to fill that void. Come on, the Reds. Get across the line. Beware the wounded bull. And maybe they'll just uh, pull one out of the bag there, the boys, uh, for Carl Viet and his team. Best of luck. Coming up on the show, Mark Duffield from Perth. He's from SENWA. 
and he's going to make his way out to the Port West Coast game. We'll give you more updates about the Crows and Frio as well right here on the summer edition of Sports ASA with Paul Bonzer and Dan Menzel. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia, the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's large SUV, available now at your nearest Kia dealer. You're listening to the summer edition of Sports Day SA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Paul Bonzer with you alongside Eagles Premiership player Dan Menzel. And, uh, Men's, we can give a score update. You want to give that for us? Yeah, Fremantle leading the Adelaide Crows. Four goals, 4-28 to four goals, one twenty-five. So they've pegged it back to Crows. They're only five minutes gone in the second quarter. So it looks like a good game there over in uh, Perth. And now we're about to speak to one of our friends in Perth from SENWA. Uh, he's all thanks to tyre power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Sports Day SA. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Mark Duffield from SENWA. Welcome to the summer edition of Sports ASA. Hey, guys. How are we going? Uh, very well. I just want to ask you first, uh, Mark, off the top, how's the build-up to the AFL season been in Perth? Uh, it's been quite interesting, actually, because obviously there's a fair bit of intrigue around um, West Coast with the year they had last year and the fact that they've all come back looking really fit and pretty determined. Um, so it's going to be fascinating to see how they go. And I think there's a bit of excitement about Frio, obviously, with playing finals last year and having a really good young list. And it's just a matter of whether it's, a, it's ready to mature and push onwards and upwards or whether they plateau a bit, I think. Now, Mark, with Frio taking on Adelaide right now, let's start with Frio first. Uh, last year, Fremantle were 12th in offense. It was probably the one real weakness of their team. Now, Rory Lobb is uh, gone across to the Bulldogs. Luke Jackson's come in, that five potentially up there. How are they going to, I guess, improve in terms of their offense and what's sort of the chat over there in WA? So I think the interesting thing with Fife is that Obviously, the first thing he had to do was get his body right, and um, uh, it looks like that's happened. He looks a bit lighter and a bit more athletically dynamic than he's been. I think Nathan's answer to his injury problems in recent years was to get bigger, um, and he probably got to the stage where he's pretty slow and cumbersome. So I think he's, he's kind of worked that out, and he's gone in the other direction. He looks a bit more dynamic. I think they're hoping he can be you know, one of the, the two or three marking targets in attack. They're hoping Jackson will be one of them. And then... Obviously, I think they're expecting a lot of um, one of either Jai Amis, second-year forward, who made a big impression in just a handful of games last year, and also Josh Tracy, who was impressive the year before but stagnated a bit last year, so he's a third-year forward. So they're going to be asking a bit of them, and they're also... Matt Tabiner is around the traps, but probably has a, an injury track record which suggests he can't be relied upon too much. So, yeah, that's, I think that's their unanswered question. I think they've got a great defence, and I think they've got an emerging midfield... It's already among the better midfielders in the comp, so it's going to be a matter of putting the score on the board, and, and it's a bit of the unsolved riddle, I reckon. Yeah, it definitely is, and I, I like the look of Jai Miss, uh, and hopefully he can have a good impact this year. I think one of the questions a lot of people are asking is, do you expect then Nat Fife to play 100% of the time in the forward line, or do you see it being a little bit more of a swapping into the midfield? So I think in the past, Nathan has seen himself 
as a midfielder who will go forward when needed. I think he he now has come to the conclusion that he's a forward who will only go into the midfield when he's absolutely needed. So I would expect him to be nine times out of ten, he'll be in the forward line. And then occasionally, if they're getting absolutely beaten up in the midfield and need a big body in there, he might go in there for a short period of time to try and um, you know, correct that. But, yeah, ostensibly, he's a forward now. Right on cue. He has actually just kicked a goal as well for the Dockers at the back in the forward line. So uh, how's that for Nat Fife looking good? He does look a little bit more trim, as you've touched on, um, Mark, there as well. I want to ask you about um, Alex Pierce being given the captaincy of Frio. A little bit of a surprise um, over here, but maybe not over there. No, I always thought I wrote a piece for Code Sports uh, about three weeks ago, and so, saying he was the guy. I mean, people think, and because Alex has been around for a long time and had a few injuries, they think he's older than he is. He's 27. So he's really in the slot to be the captain in terms of age. And he's, um, he did the job last year in 16 matches and did it. He didn't, he, he didn't just do it well, he did it superbly. So, you know, there's not really a question of whether he can do the job. The question would be whether he can stay out there given his injury track record. He had... Um, good durability last year. In previous years, not so much. But I guess you have to apply the, the the theory that, you know, as durable as Andy Brayshaw has been, he could still go out there in round one and break a leg. So um, you pick the best captain, I think, and you hope he stays fit. And I think they've got the structure right with having Andy Brayshaw and Caleb Sarong as the two deputies. If, if Alex Pierce were to go down, their best two young leaders would share the role, I would imagine, and one of the other leadership group would step into a a vice-captain role. So I think they've got that about right. So, Mark, last one on Freo before we move on to the Eagles. Under uh, Longmuir, they finished 12th, 11th and 5th. So they're heading in the right direction. However, this year they have on paper got the toughest draw. So do you see a potential um, regression from how they went last year? I see probably more likely a plateau because I just reckon it may be 12 months before they get their forward line potent enough to take them further up the ladder. Defensively, they're very sound. I think that will hold them in good stead against most teams, even the better teams. Um, the draw, we always say the draw looks like this, and then two months later, it looks completely different. And it's not even about which good teams you play. It's about when you play them, isn't it? And how you're going yes. and how they're going at that time. So I think that stuff tends to unfold differently as the season goes on to how we anticipated at the start of the season. I'd be surprised if they didn't make the eight. I'd be surprised if they got further than the second week of finals. I think they're, they're in about that slot that where they were last year. Carbon copy of last year. We're speaking with Mark Duffield from SENWA and Code Sports. Uh, let's switch our focus to the West Coast Eagles. There's a bit of talk around the West Coast that they're going okay at the minute. Everyone's going okay at the minute. But there is, some, I guess, some positive signs coming out of the West Coast camp. Yeah, so... It's almost impossible to diagnose how bad last year was. We know it was catastrophic, but how catastrophic? You know, like what, how much of it was about the state of their list and how much of it was about the state of their health? I think that's, that's, the, that's the impossible thing to gauge. Um, and I think the other thing that you probably need to factor in before you get too pessimistic about them is um, I think, um, as Kane Corns has accused them of, I think they did drop the ball a bit with their fitness standards and that sort of thing, they, they were able to get fit enough for a period of time and they thought fit enough would be enough as opposed to fit, as fit as you can be. And, um, and a few of them, I think they slipped a bit. And when you see a few of them play, 
you'll struggle to recognise them because they're a lot slimmer and they're a lot lighter and they're moving a lot better. So um, I think there'd be that about them. I think they'll have better player availability. Um, I don't have them in my eight, um, but I don't have them in the bottom four either. And I think a lot of people are tipping them in the bottom four. I think they'll be somewhere, you know, in between those two groups. And I think they're capable of winning somewhere between seven and 11 games, I think. So, Mark, if they are to finish in the bottom eight, uh, my question is, whereabouts is the list at the moment? Is it a full rebuild? Is it a semi-rebuild? Now, they've they've gone from the second oldest list last season to the ninth oldest list this season. So, there's a clear directive there in terms of what they're trying to do with their list. But how do you see it in terms of, uh, is it a complete rebuild? Not a complete rebuild, but I think it's a fairly significant transition. And I think that... Um, um, you know, when is a rebuild not a rebuild, I guess? Um, we can have all sorts of cute phrases about that as journalism. A rebuild by any name is, is still a rebuild, you know? And sort of, so, look, I see them. It's a significant transition for their list. Um, I think um, Shannon Hearn, this will be his last season. I'd imagine, I'd imagine Nick Natnui, this will either be his last or second last season. I would imagine Luke Shuey, this will either be his last or second last season. They've got Young talent coming through. So of the kids they drafted at the top end last year, uh, Ruben Jinby and um, Elijah Hewitt, they both look like they can play. And the kid they picked up later in the draft, Noah Long, watch out for him if you get to watch the, the match practice tonight. He's, he's pretty handy and pretty clever. So he might be a bit of a, a bonus pickup for them. And the other one that might be a bit of a bonus for them is Campbell Chesser. He was their first round draft pick last year. He barely played footy in about three seasons. So he was... You had the COVID year in 2020 when all the Victorian juniors barely got to play. You had 2021 when he was injured and he only played about five games. And then 2022, first practice match against um, against Fremantle, he got um, tipped up and tunnelled a little bit in a marking contest in about the first 10 minutes of the game, injured his foot and didn't play again for the year. So he's a guy that we were wondering about, and you know, how is he going to go and how much would the miss footy affect him? I watched him play last Friday, and I have to say, it's pretty impressive. So he might be one that might come along a little bit quicker than they thought. Um, that said, they still need to find a clear ruck alternative to Nick Natanui. And you've got young Harry Barnett over from South Australia, who's just coming back from the rehab group at the moment. He'll be a little bit further down the track. The two guys that they'll be looking to to improve fairly markedly would be Bailey Williams and Callum Jamison. Um, Jinby looks like he'll play halfback in midfield. Um, and he looks, you don't see many guys come in from the draft with his sort of physique and his sort of athletic capacity. Um, so I think there's young talent there. It's just that middle of the list talent that they really have a dart in. And it's a case of, you know how sometimes clubs find players they didn't realise they had? I think they need to do that with two, three or even four players at West Coast to really um, not avoid the full rebuild at the end of the year. Yeah, that's really interesting stuff. I was going to ask you about Campbell Chesser, and it's great that you answered that, and the hype there is real, which is good to hear. The the other one that's got a bit of hype at the moment, and it's his body that's let him down over the journey, but when he's on the park, he's, as, he's one of the better players in the competition, is Elliot Yo. How is Elliot tracking, and how do you see his year in 2023? Yeah, well, he's airborne at the moment. He's wow. like absolute brutes. Um just owned the game last Friday. Um, looks <laughs> absolutely ripping Nick. Um, and looks like he, he got criticised a fair bit. Um, I think he was another one that Kane gave a clip to. And um, 
uh, I think he's, he's on a bit of a mission, I think, to prove a few people wrong. I asked for an, an interview, um, asked the club for an interview with him last week and got told in no uncertain terms that he wouldn't be and, uh, and that he was aiming to, uh, to set the record straight on how well he can play. Of course, he had OP for, I think it was 2020 and 2021, and then he, um, he ripped a calf um, the same night that Chester got hurt, actually, last year, and then um, came back against Port and suffered another soft tissue injury and got concussed as well, and, and that kind of stuffed his season completely. So, yeah, he looks like the Elliot Yo of 2019, and um, I had Josh Kennedy on my show on SENWA the other day. Josh Kennedy just declared him straight out. He said, he's our best player. Um, and so if he's back in that sort of nick, then that's a massive bonus for them. That is. That's massive. That's ominous signs to the rest of the league. Uh, the other one as well is a very valuable player, Nick Nat. Where, where is he at? If, if he's up and about and Elliot Yo's up and about in that midfield, Bonds, I can't see them not competing against Correct. any team in the competition. Correct. So the, the worry with Nick Nat Nui is that he's got an Achilles problem that's flared. And, um, and, and this is one of the worries that they're going to have to you know, manage is that before they've played a game against any opposition, they've got two players, Luke Shuey and Nick Nat Nui, that have already been managed. Um, Luke Shuey didn't play last Friday, and he won't play tonight. And Nick Nat Nui won't play tonight. They're hoping both will play next Friday against Adelaide. So that's a bit of a concern for them. Nick looks fitter. He looks lighter. He looks more agile. But that Achilles has flared, and uh, how quickly that settles down and how he can manage that through the season will have a big saying in what sort of impact he has. Before we let you go, Mark, um, just with the, all that being said and, and a bit of a mini rebuild for West Coast here, if they have another bad year, perhaps they finish bottom four, will the pressure come for Adam Simpson? I think the pressure will come from their fans. Their fans are a very entitled group. They, they believe they, they should just, you know, start buying finals tickets in about mid-February. So, um, you know, that's been the club's history. So, yeah, I think there'll be pressure on. Having said that, um, Adam, um, Trevor Nisbet, their CEO, has always believed in stable football clubs. And often when you think a coach is under severe pressure at West Coast, he's about 12 months away from being under pressure where Trevor Nisbet is concerned. And, and Trevor Nisbet still exerts enormous influence over the West Coast board. He's almost like the football brain on that board. So I think that provided they can see some signs there, I think you'll probably be OK for going into next year. But um, you wouldn't want them to. Um, you wouldn't want them to have one of those pretend bounce years where they get to about you know ten wins and then they slump again next year. I think that would be the real danger for Simo. Thanks for your time. Really appreciate it, mates, and keep up the good work over there in the West. Good on you guys. Great to talk to you. Yeah, it was. Thank you, Mark. Mark Duffield from SENWA and for Code Sports. Um, he knows everything about that, those two teams. Oh, he's very very insightful. That was very interesting, Bonds. Mm. Um, I think that for any footy fan out there, but particularly people who are interested in their AFL fantasy, they'd want to listen to that chat with Mark then about who who is going well. I know you were writing notes when he was talking. Um, but even when he talks about guys like Elliot Yo, and you're like, wow, okay, he is primed and ready to go. Uh, he's airborne was his word. Which airborne. Is, that, that is, um, that's huge praise. Now, really interesting. And the point he made there about Elliot Yo is he had OP, osteoarthritis pubis. Yes. And I, I've dealt with that through my career and other players have too. And 
you know that with that injury, it is debilitating because it is just always there. And so you'll be like, I can play, I can train through this, but I can't actually push off. I don't have the power. I don't have the strength. All of a sudden, I'll go into different games and training sessions and I feel ordinary. I'm lacking in so many areas. And he would have played through that uh, at times over the past couple of seasons. And that's why he wouldn't have been the player we expected him to be. If that is gone and he's as fit as they are saying, he will be airborne and he will dominate the competition this year. Yeah, I, I wrote down uh, Yo Fantasy. That's what I wrote down. Yes. <laughs> so, interesting uh, media ban, though, that he's he's shut I, himself off. Like it's the self, probably. Yeah, it is. It's the self-directive of I'm going to show them on the field. Yeah. Uh, rather than talk in the media. I love it, to be honest. It's um, It shows where his mindset's at, and it's that real killer mindset, that mindset of I'm going, I've got a point to prove, and I'm going to show you. Time for Lost in the Wash. Thanks to Mate. $1 per month for three months with Mate Mobile Plans. Make the switch today. Wow, I feel good. Sports Day SA. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. A bit of golf news out uh, this afternoon. It was uh, a couple of days ago. The British Open said that the live golf players can play at the Open, which means that Cam Smith can defend his title. And the PGA have come out today and said... uh, We'll let the live golfers play in the majors. This is great news. This is underrated good news. People at the moment be like, yeah, yeah, that's good to hear. Cool, Cam Smith's playing. We get to the Masters, and if they're not playing, you go, where are all these players at? Why 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 can't they find a way for them all to be playing the same competition? This is great news that we will get to the Masters and we'll get to these main tournaments, the majors, and we'll have all the best players in the world. That's how the sport should be, and it's great to see that that's what they've come to. And you mentioned uh, about docos. and I watched the whole full swing series. Yeah. Uh, I haven't watched it yet. Is, how, it is, how do you rate it? It is elite. There's a couple of episodes that are a, a little, I guess, not as impactful. Yes. But uh, the Brooks Kepka yeah. episode where he looks broken at times. Okay. So he's sitting there, his wife's talking to him, and the voiceover is him saying, my wife's talking to me, and all I'm thinking about is my swing. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's it's yeah it's really interesting. Uh, again, it's, <laughs> I wonder how many guys out there can relate to that. Although they're not at the same level as Brooks Kepka, <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot. And the, oh, the text machines running <laughs> running hot. Yeah, me too, me too. Um, uh, but that's uh, yeah, it, it's really interesting. It goes through, I guess, the first time Liv comes onto the tour. So there's all this yeah, background. Timing. Yeah, background um, murmurs, and they speak to Ian Polder about him joining the tour yep. and his position in his career and his family, and they speak to the partners. It's, it's yeah, full on. Interesting. Question without notice, have you seen Breakpoint, the tennis documentary? Or not, not yet. No. Not yet. So they are the same producers of Breakpoint, yes. the tennis documentary, Full Swing, the golf documentary, and Drive to Survive Formula One, which is where they started. So all similar layouts and have had great success. So I'll definitely be getting into full swing because I know how good drives to survive is and I've seen yeah, a bit it's, of break point. It, it's, it's up there. It's the same quality. So, yep. um, and all the episodes are about 40 minutes each. Easy and, watch. And it's sort of eight episodes long. Yep. You can, yeah, you can watch it over a week or so and you'll enjoy every minute of it because it, it doesn't go, just go to the top rung either. Yep. 
It a uh, couple episodes with golfers that you may not have heard of, or rookie a couple of rookies. Yes. So I'm thinking yeah. Drive to Survive for me into uh, Live Golf Tournament here in the Masters. I think April for me might be full swing to uh, really get myself ready for those two major golf tournaments. Has Sam organised our Live Golf uh, media passes yet? I'm he's just oh, no, he's onto it right now. He's that, that should be on the top of the list in terms of what has to be done around this place. That is essential <laughs> that we get that done. Uh, at the Grange Golf Club, that will be yes. incredible. Well, Blighty's a member at Grange. So he'll take surely us. he can pull some strings. Yeah, he'll take us. The great man. There's a statue at Grange Golf Club, I think, for Blighty. Somewhere. Constructing it now, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Sample W's on again this weekend. A good first round. Round two, we're into it. And Sturda taking on Central's at Thebby. These All these games are on Saturday. Yeah, I want a tip here, Bond. So okay. Sturt versus Centrals. Who do you, who are you picking? Sturt lost last week. Centrals with a win last week. Yeah, Sturt still got a couple to come back. I might go the doggies. I'm going to go the dogs too. Mm. I'm bullish about uh, what they're doing down at the kennel. Um, so I like the dogs this week. Um, there's a double header at Hyson. So if you're not doing anything, the weather's a bit cooler. Nice tomorrow. It's like 25 degrees. West are taking on North in the early game at 12 o'clock. Uh, yeah, I, I really like West Adelaide this year. I'm massive on what they're doing. However, I'm going to pick North Adelaide in this one. I just think they are still the benchmark team, and until they get beaten, I'm going to stick with them. Agreed. I'm with you. Uh, Eagles taking on the Tigers in the second game at Hisense. Yeah, it should be a quality game. Uh, both teams looking to get their first win of the year. Both teams lost by about two goals last week. So I'm going to stick with our Eagles. Maybe a little bit of bias there, Bonds, but uh, important game for both teams. I didn't like the look of the Tigers at all last week, so I'm with the Eagles as well. Uh, South taking on Norwood, 6 o'clock. Oh, so that's that twilight game down at uh, Flinders, Flinders University, University Stadium. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the Red Legs here. I think they were ultra impressive against North Adelaide last week, and if there was a couple more minutes in that game, they would have won that game. So I like the Red Legs. South will be very competitive, but I'm going with the Red Legs. I'll go for South there. So that's the one one game we've got different. I think uh, 20, 25 degrees tomorrow. So by the time it's 6 o'clock, it's going to be probably under 20 down there. And I think the South girls will be used to the cold and they'll they'll get the win. Yes, that'll be very interesting to see how they go. Now, one more I want to touch on, Bonds, is we've got the Ashes coming up um, in the middle of the year this year. And so yes. we're battling a little bit against oh, – a little bit probably an understatement – against India at the moment – but the Ashes is going to be a great, great um, viewing because England are in some red-hot form at the moment. They're playing under Baz McCullum, who is just telling them to go out there and swing and play at a rapid rate of knots, which is what they're doing. Now, at Stumps on day one against New Zealand in New Zealand, they are three for 315 after 65 overs. Yep. So that is a run rate of about four and a half. Um, Joe Root, 101 not out. Uh, Harry Brook, 184 not out. It is compelling to watch. Yeah, Harry Brook's 184 off. Uh, 169. 169, yeah. He is flying at the moment. He is going <laughs> he, really well. Uh, we can give an update. Half time in the Frio Adelaide game, 6-5 Frio to 6-2 Adelaide. And Nat Fife's looked good in the forward line. He's he's yes. had a couple of shots at goal in that second quarter. Looked really dynamic. And as Mark said, he does look like he's trimmed down a little bit. He's he's we've all seen photos of him over the last couple of years where he's been in the gym and his veins are, are actually popping out of his arms. He looks much trimmer this year, which is what the Dockers are going to need up in that forward line. Yeah, and last time the Crows played Frio was round one last year, and Frio won by a point in a thriller. Remember the. The defensive fist on the on the goal, on the goal line. line. Um, 
incredible football IQ to think I've got to actually keep this in. I, I can't punch it over the goal line for a point. Yes. I've actually got to keep this in because we're up by a point and there's only a minute left. Um, it was a, ve- that was a very smart play, underrated play, and Freo, yeah, got the job done that day. Just backtracking to cricket, uh, that, that test match, um, England were three for 21. Yes. So they lost three early wickets. They got put into bat first as well. Yes, New Zealand put them on in. On a green so top. They would have been wrapped with that. So question then, they are three for 315. It's only 65 overs, but it is stumps on day one. Mm. Either, England's going to win that test match, aren't they? Or uh, do you think there could be some other result because they play at such a rapid rate? Too early to tell. Too much time in the game to, to make that call. Yep. So we'll just see what happens in the morning of day Get two because the they might lose some – Who's a quick no, you're as right. well. Um, uh, also on cricket, Pat Cummins will not be available for the third test. Steve Smith will captain the Aussies. The- I nearly put this down as my most at stake is Steve Smith captain in the Aussies. And um, if things go really poorly, the opportunity will never come again realistically. So I really hope that they go much better in the third test because I think he deserves his chance. I have no issue with it. I, yep. think, I think he's the... Obvious choice. He is, absolutely. To replace Pat Cummins. And, uh, again, we wish Pat and the Cummins family all the best. We know they're going through some tough times at the moment. Um, man, it's been a massive week. It has. Massive yeah. week. We've had uh, we've had a lot go on. We've had some great guests. And uh, we might do it all again, hey? Yeah, next we will week. next week. So, definitely tune in for next week. We'll break down all of these games from the footy. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorrento. Don't just go buy yourself a Kia. Go drive one. It's all good. Thanks for listening. See you later. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia, the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV, available now at your nearest Kia dealer.